Okay, good morning, everybody. My name is Mr. Obasi. I'm a lawyer, and um, I'm here to speak to you today on the impact of the COVID-19 uh, um, pandemic on Canadian immigration for temporary residents. Specifically, uh, today, temporary residents would uh, be uh, concerned with international students, and sometimes we may touch on, on uh, work permits uh, as is concerned with uh, international students. Okay, so first of all, about the coronavirus disease. So we know it's an infectious disease caused by a newly developed coronavirus, and uh, these are some brief stats on uh, the countries that are affected right now. So we have Canada seeing about um, over 4,000 confirmed cases, um, USA seeing over 85,000 confirmed cases, and Brazil seeing um, just over 2,980 confirmed uh, cases. So now, what is the impact? So this uh, disease has affected the economy, um, the healthcare system, and of course, migration, which is what we are dealing with right now. Um, so uh, as an introduction, we are dealing in very uncertain times. And uh, these uncertain times have uh, caused unprecedented government reactions. Now, international students, clearly, um, they, have, they, they have concerns that have uh, arisen as a result of this, you know, disruption caused by the, uh, by the pandemic that we're dealing with right now. So international students are concerned as to how the COVID-19 pandemic may affect their travel and study plans. Um, students have growing concerns about the immigration application process. So for example, um, renewal of temporary residence uh, um, status or your prospects as to, you know, your post, uh, your post study immigration. So for example, the post study um, work permit or post-graduation work permit. And then of course you have the concerns of um, travel and mobility. If you are an international student outside of the country currently, what impacts does that have for you traveling back to Canada or um, completing your program? So first things first, we have to stay informed because like I'd mentioned earlier, we're dealing with very uncertain times and the government is uh, reacting very quickly um, and sometimes impromptu to try and curve, um, curve or manage this uh, situation. So um, the essence is that the policies are ever changing. There is something new coming up and is affecting us in different ways. So we need to stay informed with the current situation. First of all, we have to be aware of what the current IRCC policy procedures and re regulations are. We have to be concerned with um, uh, travel uh, uh, advisory. Um, we have to pay attention to policies of the academic institutions that you will be dealing with. and. Of course, there are different government policies around the world. So you have to be aware of what the, the government policy um, is for any country that you're gonna be dealing with. So say, for example, you're in Brazil and you wanna travel, you need to know what the current situation is with uh, uh, in Brazil uh, as far as travel and regulations go. Now let's talk about the policies and procedures and guidelines and guidance um, used by the IRCC right now. So definitely, Everyone is strongly encouraged to submit applications online. This may be obvious, but this is what the, the best practice is right now. Um, uh, I've read reports that uh, uh, paper applications are being processed much more slower than, um, than before. And um, so IRCCs, they are having, like, they're experiencing difficulties in receiving and processing applications submitted by mail or in person at the VAC office. Now, some of these VAC office offices are closed until further notice. I've attached a link there to see which RCC offices are closed. 
um, biometric collection services at Service Canada locations and so, um, are suspended until further notice right now. So you have to be aware of how, how am I going to collect my biometrics, which visa application centers am I uh, going to be dealing with in order to have uh, my process done. So now we have uh, uh, English tests. So some official test centers are closed until April 27 or until further notice. So this is something that you have to be aware of if you're in a circumstance where you will need to take a, a language test. Um, so international students in Canada, you need to be aware of this. So courses of study being delivered online um, on an exceptional basis due to the COVID-19 will not affect your post-graduation work permit program eligibility. So what this means in a nutshell, because I, I think I would discuss this a little bit further um, as the presentation goes on, but in a nutshell, what this means is if you are in a situation where uh, you're an international student here, you're taking your courses, and then suddenly you are being told that you can no longer um, uh, attend classes, which I think is what's going on right now already, and, the, and your particular institution is making accommodation for taking classes online, obviously you start to think that as part of the requirements for post-graduation post work permit, you need to have studied full-time in class um, and not online. So you, you start to wonder and think, how does this affect me? So if this affects you, that is to say, if it's an exceptional basis due to the COVID-19 that your particular program is delivered online, then you would be eligible. So this wouldn't apply to a situation where your course is naturally de delivered online, then this wouldn't apply to you because it's not an exceptional basis. With or without the COVID-19, that particular program was delivered online anyway, so you wouldn't be able to enjoy from this exception. So although there's specific instructions for urgent applications, additional documents uh, for temporary residents in China, Iran, and South Korea, however, there are no significant expedited processes and um, processing requirements uh, is foreseen. So what this is talking, of, talking about right now is they don't really, um, the IRCC right now doesn't have a general um, procedure to expedite processing requirements. So it's still um, left to the discretion of the IRCC. So this would apply to you if you know you have for whatever grounds to process your application or to request your application to be expedited and processed faster then it would really be on, uh, due to, uh, left to the discretion of the IRCC officers. However, the IRCC is making some accommodation um, uh, given the, the circumstance that we're dealing right now with the, with the pandemic. So generally, IRCC is allowing 90 days to provide documents or uh, to complete certain um, requirements. So say, for example, your medical examinations, are, I believe, usually required for you to, to be done in 30 days. So due to this situation, you would be able to, you would be able to um, have 90 days to uh, get the thing done and, uh, uh, and provide documents such as police certificates. So they're extending the time. So I've attached a link there um, for the COVID-19 general processing measure. So you can get more information about some of the changes uh, and accommodations that IRCC is uh, creating. Okay, so I'll try and uh, speak a bit slower. Um, so now we are dealing with the Canada Border Service uh, Agencies. I would make some time at the end of this um, presentation to take any questions. So just try to note your questions down and then I'll answer all of the questions as, uh, as I can at the end of the presentation in case anyone's wondering. All right, so now we're talking about the Canadian Border Service uh, Agency. So these are the... Um, the government departments for the purpose of this uh, presentation, they deal, they, they deal with 
removing um, people that are out of status or people that have, you know, that have uh, breached um, immigration uh, rules. So if there's anyone who is in a circumstance where they are running out of status or they are somewhat concerned that they may be removed, at least you can be rest assured that the CBSA at this point, they're not taking um, actions to remove people from the country exception for criminal cases. So if you're in a situation where you're concerned about how to fix my, uh, my status because it's running out and I have to make this application, you can just always try to get it done because now we have a bit more time that we can regularize any of our uh, immigration processes. So we don't have to be concerned about um, being removed or anything like that. So that's less anxiety. And then other aspects of the removal process, process is, is on hold at this point, including departure orders. So now I put the IRCC web link there for a reason. And specifically, I want to urge people to use the IRCC web form. Now, you can use it in circumstances where you've, you're in a particular situation. For example, you're in a particular situation and you don't see any of the government um, uh, procedures right now that is catering to your particular situation and you have questions like, for example, um, I'm supposed to arrive and start school at this certain date, but the country that I'm in right now, uh, the borders are closed and, uh, and the airlines are not operating. I'm, I'm not able to travel. What do I do? So it's also it's always good to inform the IRCC ahead of time of your particular situation. You put the uh, the visa or the study permit that you're uh, concerned with, and then you put an, a bit of an explanation, letting them know your current circumstance and the efforts that you may be taking to uh, to fix it. And you can use the IRCC web form for so many other reasons to inform the immigration about updates or just ask general questions or let them know your particular circumstance uh, as it applies to your status. Okay, so now we're talking about travel advisory. Air travel and border measures have been implemented by restricting non-essential international travels. So all, avoid all non-essential travels outside of Canada until further notice. This is the general advice that, we are, uh, that the government is giving because we're dealing with situations that are very uncertain. The, more, the border, we don't know how um, bad or, or better that situations will be. So right now people are being advised to not leave the country if, if it's non-essential. And uh, one of the major reasons why they warned, why we're being warned of this is so you don't find yourself stuck outside of the country because right now we're seeing on the news there are a lot of um, Canadians and uh, permanent residents and temporary residents that are outside of the country and they're not able to come back in because of the because of the circumstance um, surrounding the, the pandemic. Avoid travels on cruise ships until further notice. The USA-Canada borders um, border closure to non-essential traffic is in effect right now and is um, expected to go on for at least 30 days. So all travelers from outside Canada, um, you're being advised to self-isolate as soon as you arrive into uh, the country. You can call healthcare professionals the public health authority, if you are exhibiting any symptoms, describe your symptoms and then follow their instructions. So uh, this, uh, the whole idea of self-isolation is just so that we don't spread the, uh, the virus any further. And uh, these are the travel advisories that are being given right now. And you're also um, urged to check your airlines, as I may have hinted um, earlier in the presentation. You check your airlines and uh, see the status of your flights 
and just keep yourself informed as to the newest and latest information surrounding this uh, situation. So now we are starting to wonder, the, there are a lot of travel restrictions, there are a lot of border closures. How is this going to affect me as an international student outside of the country wanting to come in? Am I allowed to come in or are these exemptions uh, to come in into Canada for only Canadian citizens or permanent residents? So this was the, the situation before. Generally, temporary residents, that would include students and international students, were prohibited from boarding aircrafts or flights to, uh, to, to Canada. But now there were exemptions at that time. The exemptions were applied to foreign nationals traveling at the invitation of Canadian governments for the purpose of uh, situations or circumstances related to, um, to the containment of COVID-19. Close family members of Canadian citizens were also allowed to come in. Um, close family members of Canadian permanent residents enjoyed from these exemptions and other situations. But uh, the government introduced uh, um, updates to these travel restrictions and uh, some of the exemptions are those. So now these um, restrictions will not apply to foreign nationals who have already committed to working, studying, or making Canada their homes. And travel by these individuals will be considered essential travel for land border restrictions. So what does this mean to apply um, uh, for foreign nationals who have already committed to working, studying, or making uh, Canada their home. So this will generally apply to people that have held a study permit, people that already have a study permit when this situation um, uh, started. Uh, you see it further described down there where it says, the restriction includes international students who held a valid study permit or had been approved for a study permit when the travel restrictions took effect um, since March 18. So this way, you've obviously showed that you had, you're committed to going to the school. You have your study permit, you have your work permit, or you're, you're applying for one, or you have an admission. So all of this shows some sort of commitment. So you may be able to fall under this exception, even in a situation where you may not have, uh, you may not have a study permit, but you have your school admissions and you're applying for it, for a study permit. Now remember, all individuals entering from abroad must self-isolate for, for 14 days upon their arrival to Canada. That's important to emphasize. So some policies of academic institutions. Now, this is a very important topic because you may find yourself in a circumstance that, okay, I'm able to go to Canada. I understand that I'm an international student outside or even inside of uh, uh, Canada. Travel is possible for me. Um, as far as coming into the country is, uh, is concerned, and I'm able to enjoy my study permit um, um, benefits and privileges. So how do I continue with school? You have to go and stay informed as to the latest information concerning your particular academic institution. So you need to see, and this um, listed right here are some of the measures that some academic institutions are taking. Some academic institutions, they have different policies from others. So you really need to be aware of the one or ones that you're concerned with. Some uh, academic institutions have implemented distance learning. Some have uh, uh, implemented online classes. Uh, a lot of canceled uh, in-person in instructions, if not all, and uh, same with uh, cancellation of in-person examinations. Um, so you need to really be aware of the, of the particular policy for the school that you are in or that you are dealing with. You need to be informed and see what type of um, policies that they have in place. 
I know that um, certain academic institutions have introduced summer classes, uh, some colleges like Centennial um, and George Brown. Uh, I think they're they're introducing summer classes where you can study throughout the summer as well. So you just uh, the point being, you have to just be aware of what your particular um, institution has put in place. Government assistance. So you also need to be aware that there are certain government assistance in place right now uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, for example, we have the, I have a link right here to the Canada official page for coronavirus. This particular page has a lot of information as far as concerned with um, the changes in government policies, immigration, um, funding, and different areas of the government and it's constantly updated. So I would urge you to have this um, web link um, in hand if you wanna know of the latest uh, policies um, or government assistance uh, measures uh, in place. There's also the Brazilian consular assistance. You can contact them and find what, uh, what type of information that they can provide to you um, uh, for Brazilians. And we have the Canada's economic response plan, which is very important now. I had prepared before to speak um, a bit more on the Canada's economic response plan, but they introduced uh, somewhat of a different plan uh, just yesterday, I believe, and uh, it's quite lengthy, but I've attached um, the link to this new plan. To, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, if you follow this link right here, you will be able to see the current information on how and what measures the government has taken as far as economic plans for even international students or workers, uh, and people affected by it, people that have been laid off from work, people that can't go to school. And I know there are a lot of questions about how can I study, or I mean, how can I work um, if my school is not in session anymore? Is that, does that mean a scheduled break? Can I work full time or do I have to do the 20 hours? I would answer those questions. And uh, um, some of the other questions is in my appendix one. It's, uh, it's part of the document that I will disclose to you at the end of this presentation. It has a list of it has a list of, uh, of common questions and answers that you might find very helpful. So we are urging people to um, have travel insurance coverage for uh, COVID-19 or travel insurance coverage generally if you do find yourself in a situation where you have to travel. Um, here are some uh, insurance companies and um, you have to be aware of uh, emergency medical and then care benefits. So what you need to do is if you absolutely have to travel um, an, uh, an essential travel, then you need to be covered and uh, get as much information or coverage as you can before you embark on that uh, trip. If you need to cancel your trips, there are measures and uh, accommodations in place for that as well. So at this point, I will take questions and um, I've attached an Appendix A. Uh, it's the frequently asked uh, questions, and um, uh, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Naga. This is Carolina here. Um, so I will uh, read a little bit of, like, we have three questions so far. So the first one here is uh, from Felipe Teixeira. The effect of the pandemic the currency, in the currency exchange for my country is being significant. Is there any other option similar to OSAP for international students? Do deferring tuition fees and paying only the minimum amount affect our scores or immigration process in any way? 
Okay, so um, the video was just, the connection was breaking a little bit while you asked that question. Uh, if I'm getting it right, is someone is in a situation where uh, they're suffering economic um, uh, disadvantages or detriments as a result of the COVID-19 virus, and they're trying to see what other uh, economic assistance is available to them as to OSAP or all of these other things. Am I right? Um, Yes, correct. So uh, if like deferring tuitions or paying only the minimum amount would affect their scores on the immigration process. Okay, so now that's, that's, is a, that's a difficult question in the sense that it depends on these other institutions that have the, uh, are concerned in that kind of circumstance. So for example, OSAP is generally not applicable to international students. You have to see if that's something that the government has created uh, accommodation for. And then you have to also see what the school's policy is as well. So for this particular question, especially given that the new economic plan has just come out yesterday, it's going to take, uh, it's quite uncertain at this point, but I believe what you can do is contact all of the relevant um, institutions and see what accommodation that they have. Uh, because uh, like I said, the situation as far as economic relief um, as it was three days ago is not the same thing anymore uh, as of yesterday. So it's ever changing and we wanna see what the current thing is. So you really advise to contact these bodies and see what the current situation is um, uh, on, that, uh, on, on that basis. Uh, thank you. Uh, so the, the other question is, um, if the postgrad is canceled as an impact of COVID and you already have a study permit, after you change colleges, do you have to apply again to update the college information? Okay, so um, if the postgrad is canceled, I want to understand what you mean specifically. Uh, if it means if the postgraduation... If the, uh, college, if the college cancels that specific course she applied for... Oh, I see. And has to change institutions. Okay. So if you have to change institutions, then you will definitely have to update your, uh, your situation with the IRCC. So pretty much what that means is we're in a situation where you are taking a particular course that, will, that you needed to take to complete your program. And you're expecting that if, I'm, if I complete this course, I'm going to be able to apply for my post-graduation work permit. But now this course is no longer offered for reasons due to the COVID-19 by the uh, particular academic institution. What can I do? If I switch to a different institution that offers the program, what does that mean for me? Well, first things first, you have to be able to, you have to get to the point where you actually graduate, right? So once you get to the point where you've graduated, which as we all know, is the is one of the minimum requirements to apply for a post-graduation work permit. So once, you, once you're graduated and you have all of your transcripts, you're gonna be able to explain via, uh, via web form or put, uh, put it as, a package, as part of your package for your application. You have to explain why you, were, you had to cancel a, a complete um, school because of so, so and so reasons, and then you had to go to a different school. So if you're able to make that application, um, that explanation, then you should be fine. Uh, I've read so much uh, in uh, as far as the IRCC um, implementations are going, they are, they are open to explanations. As long as you can show that you completed your study full-time, if it was online or in person, you have to have done it full-time. And remember, you have to fall into that exception. 
special exception that is the reason why you had to switch the schools that's a and b the reason why you had to maybe have taken this um program online it was directly due to um uh, negative impacts from the COVID 19 that's a, that's a, an exception that's a particular circumstance and you should be able to apply for your post-graduation work permit even in that circumstance Thank you. So going back to that first question, sorry, he just asked again, if the college, going back to um, the, the deferral of the payments, the relevant institutions would be the, like what, college, university, or the bank. So you have to go to the, college, the educational institution, right, to see their policy on payment. Yes, you have to. So what I'm understanding is if the, if the school is deferring payments, then you have to go to them and help them fully explain what that means. Um, I am not, uh, I don't think it would be a problem uh, for deferral of payments as far as your application for study permit goes or extension. I don't see that it's an issue. Again, it's all about putting it down into explanation and, and uh, getting as much information as you can from the college. Uh, you have to definitely get them to provide you some sort of written confirmation, maybe a letter uh, which is what the immigration has advised as well, um, explaining your circumstance. And then you can also put an extra explanation saying how it has affected you and then put in your application. I don't see that it would be a problem. But again, you have to just get informed. Go to the school and ask them for, their, uh, for a letter and for the current situation and then see where that leads you. Perfect. Thank you. So we're going to another question um, from Ariana. So there is, you mentioned that there's 90 days to add any documents in your RCC, IRCC applications. If you're applying for a PGWP uh, in April and you have to apply for a kids permits extension, but the passports are um, not valid and the consulates are closed for passport updates, uh, can she, should she do the application anyway and then add new information passports later? Is that the way that works? Well, I mean, in that circumstance, generally, like she had rightly mentioned, they give you 90 days um, to provide all of these documents. IRCC has also stated, and it's somewhere in one of the links that I sent, if you're in a circumstance where even those 90 days are not enough, you have to be able to contact them via IRCC web form because they are not gonna follow up with you. you what is, so it becomes incumbent on you to get as much information. For example, if the consulate is closed, you print out a copy from their website saying that they're closed and you request further extension. That's what you would need to do in that, uh, in that circumstance. And the uh, IRCC's policy is to, uh, to put a hold on it and then they will revisit it, I believe in 60 or 90 days, uh, it being your application. So uh, I would say you could put in the application, of course, just so you can show them that you are doing what you can to meet the requirements and that you have started the application. And then this, uh, this is the reason why you don't have all of the complete information. And this is, these are the reasons why it might take you more than 90 days to produce all of the information. And I think if you do that, you should be fine with RCC. Thank you. Uh, so another question we have here is in a case of the postgraduate work permit extension, the PGWP, uh, if will CIC extends the partner's work permit without the pay slips or if they're flexible, somehow uh, do some any flexibilize the partner's work permit extension because uh, people can really find jobs right now. Okay, so the question is um, whether or not uh, you can still extend your partner's um, work permit um, if he doesn't have the pay stops. 
Um, so that would apply similarly, right? Again, you would have more days on extension of time to provide what it is that you would need to prove that he has been working full time or he has been meeting whatever um, requirements that he needs to meet for that particular application. So you have 90 days, you create an explanation to the immigration as to why you don't have a pay stop. And it could also be that, you know, I have been laid off as a result. So you need to put the explanation, but, but again, all of these things are based on exceptional uh, uh, basis. So you have to be able to show that you've been directly impacted by COVID-19. So it's not a situation that you can now say that, okay, um, I'm unable to provide um, pay stubs uh, because of a separate reason. It has to be clearly that you haven't been able to provide this as a, um, due to COVID-19. Um, so if you were laid off from work, you can clearly show that, hey, I'm not, an, I'm not a, a, a non-essential worker right now. My business is closed or my employer is closed. Therefore, I'm not able to work. So uh, again, we're dealing with very uncertain times and IRCC is still coping with changing circumstances and new circumstances. But in that situation, I would advise that if you are in a position where you're running out of status, you should put in that application, put in whatever supporting documents that you currently have and uh, put an explanation with evidence. Thank you. So we have a, another question here. Uh, sorry, there's a lot of questions coming up and as expected, but the next one yes. is if the government will give international students any sort of financial support like they're doing for citizens and permanent residents, or if they release any information uh, in uh, or mention any deduction on college fees due to the current situation. Okay, so... Um... There was, I think the government did announce um, what the uh, economic relief would be. Again, I don't really want to speak on, uh, much on this because uh, the latest uh, announcement only came out yesterday. I actually um, uh, saw it this morning and it's quite lengthy. I have attached uh, a copy, uh, a link to it, I mean, in my PowerPoint presentation and that would have a lot more answers as to what the current situation is and if the government has created any type of um, accommodation for international students as well. Okay, perfect. So um, next question is, uh, so I currently graduate and I have one year of work permit, but due to this current situation, uh, it's really tough to find a job. So is there any way to extend the work permit uh, due to uh, like job availability in the market right now? Okay, so Okay, so that will depend uh, as to the current circumstance you're in. So if you are in a if you're in a position where you have spent a lot of your um, of your uh, time on your postgraduate work permit, say for example you have one year postgrad work permit and um, you're now in the sixth month. Uh, coronavirus started in the sixth month and now I can't get a job. That's a different situation because even if you did get a job at that time, it's hard for you to show that you would have met the requirements of working for one full year because you only had four months. So that might be a different circumstance. Now, what I would advise somebody in a situation uh, as, the, as that which the question was just asked, what you want to do is you should document every effort that you have made to um, apply for a job. 
So if you apply for certain jobs, you document it. If the kind of um, jobs that you apply for based on your study uh, are the kinds that are shut down now, you have to document that as well. And I don't see that IRCC has provided a very clear cut um, answer to that situation. But again, they are creating um, a lot of uh, they're creating a lot of levity in terms of accommodation for people in situations like that. Um, again, you can always apply for an extension and you would be placed on, a, on an implied status at that point. And then you can work for the rest of the month or at least still try to show that you're trying to get a job. And I believe that uh, it will depend on the latest IRCC um, and announcements on that. But again, I think what you can do for now is to just document every effort and be ready to put an application for extension with explanations as to why you need to extend the, the, the period. Thank you. So um, next question is, my stud permit will expire in July, but I still have the second year to go. Should I apply for an extension now? Okay, so your study permit would expire in July. Um, your, my understanding is that your academic program is, is probably one which will um, extend past July uh, before it's completed. I think, yes, you can apply. Um, generally, it's, uh, they, you need to apply at least four months to the time of your uh, exp expiration uh, date um, and certainly before the expiration date. So I, I believe it's, it's okay to apply now. Uh, you're in a circumstance where you would be making the, that kind of application um, with or without, without the uh, COVID-19 situation. So um, as long as you have as, uh, all of the documents that you need, uh, particularly focus on getting a, a letter or some sort of document from the from your school to show that you know you're still registered and your program is going to extend past July and then I, I don't see any particular issues with putting the application um, now in March uh, thank you so similar question if the college canceled the summer semester I and uh, would you be able to apply for a student extent for the visa extension I'm sorry, could you ask that again? It was uh, the connection just broke a little bit. I'm time. sorry, so if the college canceled the summer semester, uh, are you, I, would I be available to apply for a student visa extension? Um, okay, so this is similar to the previous question. Yes, I believe you would be able to, uh, because now you're in a situation where you fall into uh, an exceptional basis that's due to the COVID-19. So you can show the government um, from documents from your uh, school that, the school has canceled the summer programs or canceled any type of um, program really or, or semester. Um, and due to this, uh, the cancellation was done as a result of the COVID-19 and because of that, I've not been able to meet um, the requirements of studying or completing my study. So I need to extend my study permit to allow me to do this. I believe you, can, you should be able to make an application. The, the fact is that a lot of people are gonna find themselves in situations where they have to extend um, their uh, study permits um, due to the coronavirus uh, as a direct result to their academic programs not being offered or, or done in the regular way. Thank you. So next question is, um, I still, my school is still organized. I don't have classes right now because my school is still organizing itself to have online courses. Can I work full-time? Is this considered a break? Okay, that's an, that's an important question. Um, generally, you can't work full-time. You can only work full-time during a scheduled break. 
that is the key. Uh, the break has to be scheduled. As far as the immigration policy is, you can work, you must work 20 hours while, uh, the maximum of 20 hours while school is in session. And when school is on a scheduled break, you can work full time um, on or off campus. But the question is, is it a scheduled break? Um, and I don't believe it is. Uh, would, it would be a scheduled break because it's, it, the coronavirus was not scheduled. So it's something that uh, they had to take uh, measures. So I would be careful uh, with working full time um, during this season um, because school was closed down due to coronavirus. Um, yeah, thank you. I read about something about this, that there's like a full explanation on what is a schedule break and what's not. And yeah, based on understanding, I think this is not uh, really. Yes. Um, yes, so sure. next question is, um, I have just extended my study permit for my second program, which expires in November 2020. However, I haven't applied for the extension of my temporary resident visa that expires March 31st. I have no plans of going out of the country. Is it mandatory to apply for a, a temporary residence visa extension? Okay, so your, if the temporary residence visa would allow you to travel into the country when you leave. So if you don't have any intention to travel out of the country, it's not mandatory to uh, extend your temporary resident visa. However, you just need to make sure you have a valid status by way of your study permit. Um, that, that, that's the answer to that. Uh, thank you. So we have one last question. Okay. Um, I was on my schedule academic break and I was laid off due to COVID-19. Am I eligible to CERB? Okay, um, so can you please say that again? It keeps breaking. Oh, I'm I just sorry. I think, uh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, I feel like uh, all the internets are kind of like overwhelmed <laughs> right now. I know. Um, yeah. I was on uh, my schedule academic break. So he was working 40 hours a week on a scheduled break. Okay. But then he got laid off because of COVID. Is he eligible for uh, CERB, for CERB, for any help from the government? Okay. Oh, yes. Um, uh, again, that would be would have to take a look at what the current situation is uh, right now. Um, uh, the uh, economic relief funds was updated and announced uh, yesterday. So um, I would advise that you take a look at the, the link that I have uh, in my, uh, my materials, which will be provided to you. Um, and just take a look at what the current situation is right there. It's, 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 it's a very uh, comprehensive, so it covers um, different circumstances. Uh, for different people and what is available to them or what's not available to them and how they can make that up. I mean, how they can um, get the relief funds and uh, and all of those things. So I, I would just urge you to take a look at that. Uh, it's attached in the, in the PowerPoint slide. Thank you. So is there, um, if anyone has any more questions um, here, Okay, one more question. My graduation was postponed due to COVID-19 and we will be now in, starting in October. However, my student permit expires before this date. What should I do? I think this was also kind of brought up before, but... Um... Yes, uh, okay, yeah, it, it was. Similar question was asked. Uh, the graduation um, was postponed due to COVID-19. Uh, it would be in October. However, my study permit expires before this date. What should I do? Okay, so you have to 
first of all, check to see if you can still make that application for postgraduate work permit because uh, I believe the regulation is, uh, the requirement is that you must have completed um, your full-time course, uh, not necessarily that you must have attended a graduation. So if you're able to get something from the school saying that you've completed your course, you know, in a full-time, uh, continuous, um, and you're able to get that confirmation, then perhaps you should be um, applying for uh, a post-graduation work permit. And if you absolutely are not eligible, then you should probably be ex um, applying to extend your status here. Perfect. And one last question. Uh, could this spouse work permit, uh, since COVID has postponed uh, the college, could the spousal work permit, can they start working before college starts? That's a very interesting question. So the requirement is that you must be studying full time. Um, you must be in session uh, to allow the spouse with the work permit uh, to work. I'm not sure exactly how that would impact. I guess that's something that we would have to definitely just pose the question uh, directly to the immigration and see what measures they have there. Because naturally you would not um, be able to work until uh, school is in session. But then again, um, I guess start with, uh, if, if the college hasn't started yet, uh, in terms that it's not scheduled to start, or uh, um, then you can't generally. But if, it's, uh, if it has a scheduled start and um, it was postponed as a result of COVID-19, then I think the safest bet at this point would be to uh, reach out to IRCC. You can reach out via web form and uh, get, uh, get some answers to this in writing because it says you want to be sure and it's safer for you to have something in writing from the immigration um, answering this question directly before you, you know, go into working. Perfect. Um, thank you so much. So I would like to thank everyone that joined us here today. On behalf of the Brazil Canada Chamber of Commerce, I'd like to thank uh, Naga for his time and for this uh, presentation. I hope that it clarified some of your questions in terms of, of immigration issues. We know that this is an ongoing matter and then every day they're releasing new information and new um, analysis on how this is going to impact in, uh, international students. And we'll keep you informed. Uh, as soon as we get new updates, we'll try to organize maybe another webinar in a few weeks with more updates as they come. So I kindly ask you to keep following us on our social media and uh, our events, and you'll be um, happy to answer any further questions that you might have. As mentioned before, the presentation and uh, all the FAK sheet that he prepared, as well as this webinar, will be posted in our website uh, later today, and we'll send you all, all registered guests uh, the link to access all this information, as well as a little survey to uh, check and to let us know how, we, how this went and all other questions that you might have in terms of this subject. So thank you again for uh, being here with us today. And I look forward to engaging with all uh, very in the near future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Naba. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.